Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www3 There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. Good morning, this is Annie for Showreel, our look at the Australian film industry on 3CR. And uh, today we're going to continue to uh, showcase some of the films that are on at, or that are going to be on at the uh, Melbourne Documentary Film Festival, which starts on the 6th, that's tomorrow, Friday. And uh, today we're going to highlight a film called Fish Out of Water by a first time feature filmmaker, Israel Cannon. but I'll leave uh, Israel to speak for himself. So here's the start of the chat I had with Israel about his film Fish Out of Water. I found your film incredibly interesting. Uh, it, can you give us some idea about your background in filmmaking? Yeah, sure. I mean, um, this is my first film. Uh, uh, ever intend on even really making a feature film. Um, or a feature doco, but I just fell into it, to be honest. I'm a musician and a um, songwriter by trade, and I started making music videos about probably six years ago now, five or six years ago, and <clears throat> just, you know, something with the visual medium and, you know, just, yeah, I became really interested in that that whole thing, and, and one thing led to another, and so, yeah, I, I kind of, um, I stumbled upon it, really. Well, this particular film is a very interesting first feature, really, isn't it? Because you must have fallen across the story as well. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So uh, I'd met Pete, um, who who was one of the guys who was on the row, and I'd met him subsequently just through through work. Um, I do sort of, you know, brand films and different kind of, you know, little kind of online pieces of content and... Um, he he works at a company called World Challenge, which you know um, kind of does expeditions overseas. And um, yeah, he, he was just a sales guy, so he wasn't he wasn't doing any <laughs> doing any ex- ex- expeditions. But uh, he works for this company, and I'd met him for five minutes, you know, um, about eight years ago, and we'd kind of just you know we'd ran into each other every now and then over the years, and. And uh, about three three years ago or so now, just before the row, he we ran into each other, and you know I told him that I was doing a bit of video work and you know making you know music videos and you know different things, and um, he he told me about the story and, and you know, 
yeah, the rest was kind of history. It it wasn't really going to be a feature film. It was more or less, I said to Pete, well, you know, if you guys can afford me, afford to bring me to Melbourne, you know, for a weekend, we'll, we'll spend a couple of days together and, you know, we'll do some interviews and, you know, we'll talk about this incredible thing that, you know, they were about to embark on. And we should actually tell them that the uh, row wasn't a, sort of a row around a lake or even a small uh, attempt at uh, a record. This was actually quite extraordinary, what they were aiming to do, these two blokes. Absolutely, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I thought it was... I knew a lot of people thought, you know, that this, this, this was kind of foolishness for two amateurs with no rowing background to you know, want to get in a little wooden rowboat and, and attempt to row from New York to London, um, you know, which is over 3,000 miles across one of the most, you know, dangerous oceans on the planet. So uh, it was certainly, yeah, it wasn't <clears throat> rowing across a pond, that's for sure. And, um, yeah, I was, I was really interested. I just thought it was, you know, such an interesting story. And I, I wanted to know why, you know, I wanted to know what, what sort of motivated them to... To, to do it and to want to do it and and at the same time I felt like I, I kind of understood and, and I just kind of got it from the get-go. So you say you have a music background. Uh, the creation of this film uh, is has an almost a musical score about it in a way because uh, it's free-flowing and you have to uh, take what you're given. So what, how did you get the structure? Because you know, because it's quite an accomplished film. No, but it's an accomplished <laughs> film. It works. It works as a. Uh, it's not just good. that the the story is like a diary in a sense, because that's one structure yes. that you can apply to it. And also, yeah. you've got your characters because these two guys are quite interesting characters, and so are their partners. Uh, yes. Uh, and also, the story of the journey is is really fascinating, and how you got that to the screen. That's fascinating. Mm. But ultimately, you've got all the parts, but to actually make it into something that's a riveting film is quite a different thing. So when you say that, you know, you've dabbled and you've done this, you must have gone on a, a journey yourself to make this into a, a full piece. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I think it's a great question. It's certainly not for the faint-hearted to sit down and try to, you know, create, um, direct and edit a feature-length documentary film. Nevertheless, um, you know, one that uh, most of the footage was, was captured out at sea by two men who, you know, that's that's not what they were there to do. They were there to row an ocean and, and to stay alive doing it. So I was very well aware that it was a gamble and we may not end up with, you know, much to, to kind of to work with in the end. Um, and... I came on board pretty late as well in the process, and so there was a lot of things that I probably would have, you know, done as a filmmaker if I had have had the budget and the time and and you know the lead up right. But we just, we as you say, we had lots of different moving parts. We we had little to no budget, and I was learning on the job. So I just I just had to follow my gut. Really, I just um, you know I called upon <clears throat> whatever experience. I had in the storytelling field, which, which is a little bit. I'm a musician, as I said, songwriter. I dabbled in the in a little bit of acting um, straight after high school. I kind of fell into that world for 
a few years and and got work and worked as an actor and so I you know the whole the industry wasn't foreign to me but certainly trying to attempt to to do something myself you know definitely was so I I just you know I had to follow my gut and um, look into things and you know I talked to a couple of mentors along the way but for the most part it was just me in a room um, on my own trying to sort through you know 80 odd hours of of footage. Did you give them any pointers before they left? Well, I did. I did give them... I mean, there was a couple of really basic things. So at the time, you know, the best best technology I knew how to equip them with um, as two guys who, you know, aren't cameramen and have no idea about the medium was iPhone 6s. That was was the latest iPhone at the time when they left. I think it was a 6 Plus or something. And I basically asked them to do a, a, a diary entry each day and more or less told them how I would like them to shoot it and um, said, look, you know, I, I realise that safety comes first and, you know, you guys just, you have to stay alive. <laughs> That's the main thing. But ideally, I would like you to, to do this once a day if you can, just even if it's 30 seconds, you know, whatever whatever you can spare, just go to the cabin and, you know, do a diary entry, um, share your thoughts. And then, you know... Uh, other than that, film as much as you can. We we set a couple of GoPros up in, in locations on the boat that, you know, one of them broke in a in a storm and they capsized and <laughs> they they, did, they took a drone. I taught them how to use a drone and uh, that that broke in a storm that that broke in the capsize. So, yeah. um, yeah. Look, uh, but I so that means you had a variety of fallback positions. So that's a plan. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we. <clears throat> we had the skeleton, and that's all we could afford because, you know, really their their main aim was to cross that ocean um, and and keep in one piece doing it. So yeah. yeah. Well, well, uh, I was just as a, a bit of interest. I would have imagined that them doing that diary would have been quite helpful because one of the key elements that came out in such a long journey was a sense of confinement and and sometimes boredom. That's right. Absolutely. And that's, uh, you know, in the edit, as a filmmaker, I kind of, I wanted the audience to feel that to a degree uh, and I wanted them, I, I didn't, I intentionally, you know, went for long periods of time without crossing back or, you know, taking viewers out of that um, moment in time. So, Yeah, I wanted people to feel like they were kind of on the ocean with them as much as possible. Tune in to On Screen and find out more about what's on the big and the small screen each Saturday, 11am till 12 noon on 3CR. It's a program on film, on filmmakers and on film festivals. It's called On Screen, Mm, but it's on the radio, 3CR. Each year, the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival curates world-class local and international features direct from some of the hottest, most prestigious documentary film festivals in the world, like Cannes, Doc New York City, South by Southwest and Sundance. 
This year, opening night is on Friday the 6th of July at 7pm at Cinema Nova Carlton. The festival kicks off with Film Worker, the incredible true story of Stanley Kubrick's mysterious assistant. For more details, go to mdff.org.au. See you there! The Melbourne Documentary Film Festival is a 3CR supporter. You're on 3CR and you're listening to Annie on Showreel. And uh, Showreel is one of the programs that we have on 3CR that deals with culture. And the culture we're looking at is moving image. Today I'm focusing on a film called uh, A Fish Out of Water. And we're having a yarn with its director, uh, Israel Cannon. He, uh, Kanan, and, uh, he is, uh, a first time director, but his film is going to be shown at the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival, which starts on Friday, the, uh, 6th of July and runs till the 14th of July. And in fact, uh, uh, Israel's film is going to be shown on the last day down at Backlot Cinemas, 65 Hague Street, South Bank, at 2.45. It's going to be on Saturday the 14th of July in a good program of documentary films. But uh, let's hear the last of my chat with Israel. Well, though it's very effective. Uh, in fact, I think it's the most effective film of this sort that I've really seen. Because uh, at the beginning I was sort of thinking uh, these people are kind of uh, strangely selfish. Uh, so yeah, it was yeah. it was a kind of an interesting thing that uh, as it was happening you you could not fail to be hopeful that they would actually make it. Yeah, yeah, that's right, and I, th- I think that's that's that was my is to you know just get get it to a place where audiences would would really empathise and would want the guys to succeed. Um, you know, I, I, ideally, I, I would like that to be the case by the time, you know, they, they head off on the ocean. I wanted to establish them as, as, as strong characters so that people, you know, at that point in time couldn't stop watching. Yeah, well, yeah, especially when, yeah, well, there's a whole range of things that people should go and see it for, uh, even uh, the notions about what the ocean is like. It was really quite fascinating, some of the statements that they made about uh, yeah. Pete. I think his name was Pete. He he was very reflective about the natural environment. I found that very interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a, I had to really dig deep for those bits of gold dust. You know, it's very easy when you're working on such a large project on your own. It's very easy to miss miss those things in the edit. So... Um, yeah, it was it was really it was really nice to have a few of those things to call upon, and I guess to kind of just those moments where audiences can kind of just have a breather, you know, and just kind of reflect on the situation as well. How, how did you? How long did you take to do the edit? Because, like you said, it would be a bit like a maze. Yeah, I was huge. I mean, you know, bear in mind I, I have a wife and you know kids now, and. Um, you know, I have a family that I've got to support. So I wasn't working on this full full time because we just didn't have the budget. So there was periods where, you know, we did a couple of Kickstarter campaigns and and people were very generous and, you know, helped out. So there was periods where I worked on it, you know, five days a week, but it but it wasn't it wasn't um it wasn't like that most of the time. So I think all in all it was probably 
realistically, it was probably a 12 to 15 month edit process from, yep. from start to finish. But was that actually quite helpful or, you know, because it meant Yeah, that, it was. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, it was because it, it gave me time to kind of walk away and then go back with some fresh eyes. When you're working on your own, you know, it's really easy just to become, you know, very insular and, and kind of lose that, I guess, subjective um, perspective on it. So uh, it was helpful, actually, to... to those, yeah, probably one period, which was literally about three months, but I just didn't, I was very busy with other work and, you know, I just totally didn't think about it. And that was, yeah, that was helpful. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's an interesting thing because, I mean, basically it's a couple of men who decide they're going to do a big feat and uh, it takes a long time for the feat to happen and then it's then it finishes. But, and that in itself has got its own drama. But like all life, you actually have to construct that drama, which you do quite successfully. Uh, mm. Yeah, you, you, you. you succeed. It's good. Thank you. Appreciate it. What What was uh, their reaction, the fellows? How did they, they feel? Yeah, they look. They loved. They loved it. Um, they were. Yeah, they're, they're, they've, they've been really good sports about the whole thing, and I think they they like the idea of documenting it, of documenting the story, um, if nothing else, but. You know, for their for their grandkids one day. So, no, I think they were really <clears throat> pleased with the way that it turned out. And um, you know, we did a private screening down at, uh, on the Mornington Peninsula, just some sort of family and friends. And um, yeah, the feedback was was really positive. So you know, it's it's hard to know uh, at this point whether you know people are just being nice. <laughs> but, um, no, no, no. It, it, we've had some positive feedback. We just found out we we just got into another festival overseas. Uh, which I, I can't wait. They haven't announced it yet, so I'm probably not allowed to say. But so it is. It is getting um, a little bit of traction on the festival circuit, which is yeah, which is nice. What I was really getting at was that, in fact, it's not just the journey, but it's actually a bit personally revealing as well. Did they find that confronting? <clears throat> got you, got you. Yeah, yeah. I think they 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 did to a degree, but I prepped them very early that. Um, if they wanted to to make a documentary film, then that was the only way that I would well, I was going to go about it. Um, they knew that. Well, for me, excuse me. They knew that um, you know the the human element of of that story was always something that I was very interested in. And you know, why we do these things? Yes, yes. The story of two men rowing an ocean is amazing. And, you know, it's a great story in and of itself, but I think for me as a storyteller, it's it's really all about the why and who these people are. So I prepped them <clears throat> very early, and you know, we we became pretty close, and with Beth and Jody, their partners, and you know, so we, um, yeah, they knew from the outset that I wasn't going to pull any punches, and 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 they were they were good, they were okay with that. And also, it was very nice touch to balance it with the actual perspective of the partners and the lovely shots of the little kids interacting with their father. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think for me it just wrote mistakes. I mean, it just that's who he is, you know. He's a family man. He's a, he's a father and he loves his kids. And, he, you know, I think it's just being honest about who he is and hopefully all that does is, is kind of, you know, lets audiences kind of, 
invest in him as a, as a character a little more strongly, you know. And now that uh, you've done this film and it's now on its way like a little chicken to its future, uh, <laughs> are, you, are you planning to do another film because it's got into your blood? It's a great question. Um, if you had have asked me six months ago, I probably would have said no. <laughs> I probably would have said, no, I don't want to do that again. That was too long and too hard. And But um, with the benefit of hindsight and, and after learning so much um, just by doing the first one, I think I would be up for doing something else. I, I just think it, you know, I would probably approach it a little bit differently and, and um you know, it's it's hard because as a as a storyteller, you want you as a director, you want to have creative control over the story that you're telling. But in this instance, <clears throat> I it was a really just a risk. It was a gamble because you know I had no idea what what those guys were able to capture and what they could bring back from out at sea. So, in some respects, it's the hardest first film I could have ever chosen to do. Um, you know, because I really just had to try and match the amazing story as best as I could and, and throw some mud on the wall in the edit and see if I could kind of make it stick. So to answer your question, I think I, I would, um, but I, I would I would just go about it a little differently, I think. Mm. I thought it was a very intelligent film. I thought you did a really good job. I enjoyed the film. Yeah, thank I, you. And I'm not your, and I'm not your uh, general, the general audience for this type of film. In the sense that I mean, yeah, I see lots wow. of films, but I'm the sort of person who sort of go, ah, oh, what a load of naff thing! These two guys, you know, using up resources, using up oxygen. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. But actually, that's actually, right. it was much more interesting than I thought it was, and uh, they were more interesting than I thought they would be. Mm. Yeah, which is really nice. You did a good job, and thank well, you. Thank you. No, very much appreciated, Annie. Mm. Okay. Well, we'll look out for your next film. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Bye. Okay, cheers. That's it for Showreel this morning. Uh, I hope that you get to go and see some of the films at the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival. You can go online under uh, Melbourne Documentary Film Festival and you'll get a full program. Uh, You can also book online for any of the screenings you want to see. Uh, Just a reminder that uh, Fish Out of Water is going to be shown on Saturday the 14th of July at Back lot cinemas that's 65 Hague Street South Bank and it starts at 2:45 well that's it uh, coming up next is published or not
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.